And sometimes too, uh, especially that the COVID, the uh, car counts are low. I mean, we're 15 to 20% of the field. So we're always gonna end up racing each other somehow. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today. <clears throat> ClassRacingToday.com is the website. ClassRacingToday at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can email them there. Uh, we want to remind everyone that this show is sponsored uh, or helped supported by your donations. Uh, we are uh, run off the value for value model. So if you get value out of the show, if there's anything that you get out, you decide if that is worth something to you. <clears throat> you can decide what that number is. And send it our way, classracingtoday.com. Click on the Donate Today button. You get to choose the number that is right for you. Uh, and we thank everyone that helps support the show that way. Uh, if you are interested in sponsoring the show, your business or uh, whatever, um, you can email us at classracingtoday at gmail.com and do that. Uh, we want to <clears throat> remember, Bobby, talk a little bit. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we you introduced the premium side of dra uh, Dragon Sites. Um, how's that rolling? Uh, is that still... It's kicking along rolling it is rolling a little a little better than i thought awesome. i ran out of contingency stickers really? so i have more coming in and um we'll get them out to everybody that applied for contingency as quickly as we can so awesome. it's a really cool program right i mean just we just i mean we found out today's guy well, i don't want to give too much away here but today's guests you know basically we came up with they need to race each other so somebody can get the leading edge on a percent <laughs> on a win percentage so uh, this, this should be interesting. It's a great program. Awesome. Research yourself, research your opponents. More importantly, it's free right now to research yourself. Always free to see your own stats. But if you want to see anybody else's stats, you will have to sign up for a premium membership, which is $5 a month or $50 a year. Awesome. And then awesome. sign up for contingency. Cool. That's pretty awesome. I, uh, I was excited. So like, Talk about a bittersweet day yesterday. <laughs> My race trailer has finally thawed from its winter cocoon, and I was able to move it for the first time since winter started. So I feel like it's like the groundhog coming out, and like it's <laughs> officially spring. Winter's over. It's just too bad there's not a car in it. Details, details. Like race the class race revival, like the second annual. I wonder if I can call in sick for a week so I can actually, like, <laughs> maybe I can steal a race car. <laughs> but the frustrating part is, so the bitter part is, is, like, why are people not signing up for this thing? Like, they ran yesterday. They made a plea. Like, I think there was 30 stalkers, 30 stupor stalkers, which, you know, was a good start. But basically their point was if you're waiting for parts and you would like to come, just register, like, check only. Like, you're not, you don't have to pay any money. You don't have to put anything up front, but let them know that you actually are trying to go. If you're not going, that's fine. Don't do anything. You just sit there and complain about not making any money or having any money to race for <laughs> or not having anything cool to do, but we don't care about that. If you're thinking about going, sign up, click the check option, pay when you get there. I mean, they just want to know who's coming, who's not, because we need more people. Um, I saw the result. They put the, the people that are actually already signed up. I think there was 38 stockers and 36 super stockers now. So we did pick up some people last night. Good job. Um, if you do pre-sign, I think they're actually giving away some drawings. I don't remember how the, the details of that were. I shared it on the Facebook page. But get off your butts and go. Like, 
we all want a place to go. We want people to do stuff like this. And if we can't support them, they're going to quit doing it. That's in St. Louis, April 28th through May 1. RaceDerbyCity.com. Last year, mine shaped conditions last year, too. Everybody was going faster than they had ever gone before. So it was it was a really good event. Two $10,000 races and one $5,000 combo race. Stock and super stock are separate in the 10K races. So it's uh And here's really the important cool thing, Bobby. Faster than you've ever went with no fear of horsepower. Like, where else can you race class, or, you know, or not race, you know, class racing and not worry about getting hit with horsepower and actually make some money if you win? That's cool. Exactly. I don't ever have to worry about getting the horsepower hits, so it's not a big deal to me. That's that's uh, more for people like you, Brian, that go 150 under. <laughs> but uh, another place that you could have done that was in Las Vegas, March 18th to the 20th, where Phil Mandela race cars – uh, put on a 10K combo race at Las Vegas where Justin Lamb got the win there in his, I think he was driving a, uh, I think he put the, like parked the Copos for like a weekend and got the, the old modified Cobalt or Cavalier or whatever he has, got that bad boy out and picked up 10K in the process. So congrats to Justin Lamb. But again, they had a pretty good turnout at that race. Brian, did you, uh, I know Tony Mandela was going live a few times with the, uh, Round by round. Did you catch any of that? Yeah, I think they ended up with like 64 cars. I think it was pretty awesome. I know my uh, my mentor, Four Speed Johnny, was uh, taken out by Justin Lamb, which it was a sad day. But he did have a little – they did have a stick race too, and I did see he won that. So congratulations, John McLaughlin, on winning the stick race. Um, better, uh, better work on that thing and tune on your clutch a little more so you can take Lamb out because I'm sure you'll be meeting him again in Vegas this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, four speed Johnny's out in Vegas. Is that what you're telling me? He's gonna be racing Vegas. All right, I look forward to seeing him out there. See if he cooks again. If he's there, he's cooking. Johnny's kitchen, I'm guessing, will be open for business. Johnny's, his kitchen is is okay. Well, I know where I'm posting up. <clears throat> Thanks, Johnny. I'm inviting myself over to your trailer. Uh, let's see. We also had an NMCA race in Bradenton, Florida, where John Astrob, if I'm pronouncing that right, got the win over Rochelle T. Bear in stock, and Mark Nowicki got the win over Stephen Hall in super stock. So NMCA, I know they're, uh, they separated the cl- classes this year, and I think three grand to win at those events. I could be right, plus contingency. So not a bad payout at these NMCA, uh, what, cone engineering stock and super stock uh, uh, races going on at these uh, NMCA events. Uh, the calendar, we'll have to find that somewhere. I know it's in the uh, Drag Insights. If you log into Drag Insights, we have a master calendar in there, and you can find out where everybody, where where all the races are, and you click on it, and it tells you how to get to the track and everything. So use that as a planner because me trying to tell you right now is a bad is a bad way. To I plan. would say the the one thing about what's nice this in can't talk NMCA racing is it's another outlet, right? Like I understand there's people that are diehard NHRA purists, they want the class trophies, they want all that, and NHRA is the way to go. But what we have to ask ourselves, you know, we just went through a pandemic, and what happened to all the NHRA races and where you're at? Did you race more or less racing one organization? You know, if you support all the organizations, we'll have not all of our eggs in one basket, so when the government decides we all need to stay home, we have other places, other outlets to go to. Um, my COVID season was awesome because all of our local tracks, our association races were open. So 
while everybody sat at home and wished they were racing, we were able to because we support other types. Well, that, and you have Christy Nome as a governor, too, so you weren't, you guys never really locked down, right? So you were good to go. Mostly. Mostly. There, well, there, there were no edicts. Mm, yeah. Which is, Lovely. Yeah. I bet you not quite like that in the, uh, in the state of uh, <laughs> where our guests currently reside today. Uh, one more thing I want to cover real quick. Nova Oklahoma had a Division Four event, and Greg Stanfield basically just picked up right where he left off, got the win in Superstock, and congrats to him. And Jeff Lopez got the win in Stock. So congrats to Jeff Lopez. So that, that rounds out our results for the past two weeks. And one other interesting tidbit is Darren Poole Adams had Steve Foley driving a 572 cubic inch crate motor Copo at the uh, Gainesville uh, Divisional and National. <clears throat> it is number four on the, uh, they say it's number four for the, like the, not the VIN number, but whatever the, the, the car number that they put on those things. The build number. I think they make so many of them. And, um, but it was actually the first one off the floor and it's definitely the first one to be raced. And I know it's causing a big stir on classracer.com about this 572, whether it's rated properly, uh, this, that, and the other things. So, in true uh, Darren Poole Adams fashion, he is not quiet about anything on Class Racer. He goes by the name Gump, and it's pretty fun to watch what he <laughs> what he posts up there. He actually called out Robin Lawrence the other day of Holly, and he wants to have a match race or a best of three with him at an upcoming uh, National Open because I guess they uh, are going at each other to see who's who's better. <laughs> so let's uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Oh, the horsepower drama. You know, it's a brand new car. First time out and everybody's pissed. But let's look at the cars out there that are still underfactored. Like, it all works itself out with people. That it does, as long as you are not too foolish with it. I mean, you got you to gotta protect it, and that's what everybody's doing these days. So we'll see how, how well he and Steve Foley uh, maybe play that chess game. So... All right, we'll keep everybody updated on that. Enough about that. Let's get to these guests today. We have a we have quite a, a lineup today. We have a cornucopia of chaos for today. <laughs> Look at that. We have the team Logie Stein racing. We have I mean, we've got to remember this now. We got Mike, then Chad, Randy, Nan, and Jerry, right? Yeah, you got it. You got it. How are you guys this morning? All right, so who was the first one up? You guys are on the West Coast, so who was the first one ready this morning? Me, of course. (laughs) And we also know who drank the most coffee this morning. (laughs) I'm the only one that's tacky enough to make this come off. So you're the you're the tech coordinator. So any issues? Your yeah, Yeah. IT. Me and the computer are best friends. If it wasn't for Nan, we wouldn't even be entered these races we go to. Maybe start trying to pay at the gate. <laughs> Behind every good. Clearly, she is the smartest. That's why she drives the Ford. I mean, she's the thinker <laughs> in the group. What can I say? You have to be ready for a challenge if you're going to do something like that. Well, so. I will tell you that Ford challenged these two over here trying to make that uh, fuel injection system work. <laughs> that that that's computer work, you know. So these two guys on a computer, they got it though. Yeah. Good learning curve for him. It's quite the adventure. How did you come about that car? 
Tell us the story. How did you end up driving the Ford and the Mopar crew? That is a, that's an 86 Thunderbird, correct? I want to get that straight before you. That's a 1986 Thunderbird O stock automatic? N-O-P. I've been running it in N, so uh, it just depends on what we're doing. Um, Jerry was racing, and I was going with him, and I was doing data and that sort of thing, and Randy was going racing, and they finally decided, well, maybe I wanted to race. So I'm going, no, 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 no. But we were at uh, Fallon Nevada at a, a division race, and there was a guy in front of us, a white T-bird, with a uh, for sale sign on it, and he sold his that car for what was it, twenty six hundred dollars? Yeah, delivered it. It was a bracket car, uh, sportsman class champion, and, and it, multiple times. It was supposed to be for bracket racing locally here, so I could kind of get used to it. Well, that lasted for about one race until we went to Utah, and they decided it needed to be a stalker. And uh, I raced my first race in Utah against Justin Lamb. Now. Um, I didn't win the race, but I treated him, so I was really excited and happy, but he couldn't understand that because I didn't win, but for my first race in treating Justin Lamb, I figured I was doing pretty good. Still has a tunnel having a microphone, but other than that, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty much a stalker, Dave. Pretty much a stalker. <laughs> I think what happened, I think probably what happened is you guys were going to the track and nobody got signed up and you're like, we need to figure out how we can get here every single race. Where do we turn well, our cards? And then I have a son-in-law who likes to paint cars and he, he, he paints a lot of motorcycles. So the next thing I know it had purple flames on it. So it is what it is and it works fun. And I like ride, driving it and there's just seems no point in changing now. It's a good car. It's a good combo. It's been a great, great car. Good car. And then uh, just to add to that a little bit, it's a, it's a, it's it's uh, my youngest son had the man was kind enough to let him get his feet wet, so to speak, at Tucson last year in the fall. Made his first few laps in it, so now it's kind of a training car, I guess you could say too. So that was pretty cool. Were you like that? Where was Nan the instructor then? Like, all right. Yeah. No, <laughs> this guy here is the best instructor there is. He's very calm. You screw up, and he doesn't yell at you. You know, he just says, it's okay. We're going to do it again until we get it right. But uh, he's the best. Totally the best. That's pretty cool. How would it do? Yeah. Uh, uh... I mean, I may be the computer person, but the guy who's teaching everybody how to race around here, well, it might be Mike, but when Mike's not there, it's Randy. I just need to teach myself how to race. I'm all, yeah. I'm all be good. <laughs> Mike, Mike's great. Is... I'm too busy worried about yeah. everybody else. Everybody else. Like, yeah. well, I'm learning from every mistakes, I guess. I don't know. Mike's uh, famous line is, uh, okay, kids, let me show you how this is done. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really good friend, and it's uh, he was helping us coach us through some stuff, and his dad, who's been, you know, involved in this program, been involved and basically brought all of his kids up to the same thing. And, you know, the, the kid gets all the credit. Oh, he's so good. And you're so awesome. You're such a good teacher. And his dad's like, you know, everything he says, I told him, right? Like <laughs> behind the teacher, there's a teacher. So that says a lot about Mike to teach Randy or maybe Randy taught Mike, I guess that's, that's pretty cool. How old were you, Randy, when you took your first trip down the track? My first, my first official pass down the track, I was four, thir 13 and a half, I think, at, at Baylands Fremont Raceway. And uh, I remember uh, it was in a G-Stock automatic 1972 Duster. And the original plan was to just go eight mile, you know, and shut it off. 
But I look over him as I put it in high gear, and it's feeling pretty good at that age. You know, heck yeah, that's the fastest I've ever been. I look over at him because he's in the passenger seat. And he's having kittens over there. I'm not lifting. I ran it to about thousand feet. <laughs> and he was having kittens over there. <laughs> not me not ever been down the track before. He was he was pretty nervous, but it was cool. That's when it all started. Been around it my whole life. Fortunately, of uh he's been doing it for so long. I went to my first drag race at Lions when I was two weeks old. So been been hooked ever since. That's too funny. I think my first pass down the track, I ran it to about the fourteen hundred. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I wanted to. I want to go all the way to the sprint car track. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, that was where I was supposed to let off? I don't know. Yeah. We're just getting going, Dad. Come on. <laughs> so, where are you guys out of? What what part of California? We're all in Brentwood, California. Uh, Central California, that's east of San Francisco. Yeah, Northern California. Northern California. Uh, not the OJ Brentwood, but the Northern California Brentwood. Um, and uh, uh, we've all been here for years. Uh, kind of met up with uh, Mike one day. Uh, he had a, his business is uh, L&L Turf, sells turf, and he had a shop next door to the feed store. And I saw all these race cars in the backyard, so I went in and started talking to him and Mike and a couple of his sons were in there because there's three of them, although Scott's not here. Mike's got the three sons. And um, uh, we became friends. And one day uh, at a race that we were hanging out at, and you know there's a lot of downtime at these races, so they sit around and talk a lot. And Jerry had an old uh, 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 1972 Demon that we had bought back from uh, – a friend he'd sold it two years ago and it sat in a barn in Oklahoma for years. And we brought it back and Randy says, I'll help you build a race car. I'll help you build a race car. So they built the demon that Randy drives in 44 days. It was over Christmas. They weren't solid. So we called it, or, or one month and four days. So we called it the 44 car. So anyway, they built it together and we become friends and started Logie Stein Racing and the engine business. Um, and that was probably... 10 years ago, yeah. eight, 10 years ago when we started. And it's worked out really great having this combination of Logie Stein with everybody that's involved here. So Jerry, were you, oh. were you racing Jerry at that point or when did you start racing? Uh, I waited till I was an old man. So I think I've raced about uh, 12 years, uh, pretty steady and played around maybe with a street car uh, uh, off and on. Uh, but yeah, I waited until I was, uh, I could afford it. Have you, have you always been part of the Mopar Brethren, or did you ever go to the dark side? Well, my first car was a, a 68 Polaris station wagon hand-me-down. So I've had a bunch of different cars, you know, you, uh, uh, Chevrolets and Fords and uh, um, some really cool muscle cars. I didn't have a muscle car when I was a kid, thank God, because I probably would have wrecked it. But um, I uh, ended up going back, and pretty much that's what I'm – stuck with uh, um I, I mean i like all all muscle cars but uh yeah i've been uh, mopars you know it's just nice that once you uh if you like stray from the mopar fold they do let you come back in after uh, you know a certain amount of lashes so <laughs> yeah you probably get beat up pretty good uh <laughs> showing up in a chevrolet i imagine uh ford guys are a little more tolerant because they're a little different anyway right well there's there's not very many of them so they just like you know they're like just out wandering around and anybody that'll let them park that stuff by them you know 
<laughs> you got a few extra oil puddles and stuff around your pit, so you know you don't want them too close. But uh, we make up all the problem solvers of the world. Then you get the guys like these two that have been Mopars forever. Have you guys ever driven anything besides the Mopar? Oh yeah, I started out with Chevrolets and stuff. On my first, my first trip down the track was in '64, and uh, I had a paper route. I saved up about 500 bucks, and I bought a. When I was 14, I bought a 348 Chevy, 58 348 Delray Chevy. That one of my friend's cousin had, and he got some girl uh, pregnant. Had to sell his car, and uh, I bought it from him. And then my parents, my parents would uh, would drive me and my best friend out to Irwindale when I was fourteen, and uh, drop us off, and we'd race all day. And they'd come back at the end of the day and pick us up. We we cap up the cutouts and uh, and head home, you know. And uh, and uh, it was. Uh, a lot of fun, you know. We we didn't even know any difference back then. They, there was nothing in the rule book about having a driver's license. I think that a lot of the top fuel guys had gotten DUIs and stuff, and I don't think they wanted to put that in there because they would have lost their top fuel field. But um, the so there was nothing in the in the rule book about having to have a driver's license or anything to do this. And uh, a couple of times I thought we were gonna get questioned about it but it all it all worked out but i i started racing and uh, it's been with me ever since but i started out in chevrolets and they always seem to break a lot so i finally got a mopar and when i started racing the mopars the things just ran and ran i didn't ever have to get under the car as much it didn't seem like so so that's what started the mopar thing and that was about 1969 70 and uh, my first real true super stock car I built when I got out of the army in 71, I had bought a uh, used Hemi Cuda, 70 Hemi Cuda. And I kind of followed uh, stock and super stock drug illustrated. Then uh, Tritec and Morgan were building a Hemi car. And I kind of copied everything they did. And the car ran real good. I actually set the record in Orange County um, Raceway of the divisional in 1972 with it, but uh, we didn't back it up. We were five pounds light on the scale when we tried to make the backup run. So, oh. but, uh, but that was when all the factory guys were running those uh, any cars, and I felt pretty good about that, you know. But, um, but anyway, I've had a lot of cars, and uh, it's just been a blast, you know. I had a lot of fun doing it, and uh. Uh, a lot of years of doing it for sure it's been a great family thing for you your family is really yeah. close and every yeah. everybody races and mike's wife debbie she loves the races always loved the races comes with us frequently it's great so what was the atmosphere like back then like in the 60s 70s you know when you were racing what was what was the atmosphere at the track like well, but you know the the super stock cars were really the top breed. You know, it was funny when we would go to a to a race. You know, there was seemed to be more spectator interest in all the new muscle cars than there was, uh, you know, even in the top field and funny car stuff. You know, but uh, so you know we were kind of you know put on pedestal a little bit there for a couple of years anyway, and then uh, pro stock got going and and it. It brought about 
a lot of a lot of the uh, the factory cars too, and uh, and then it kind of kind of dwindled a little bit, got a little uh, softer as years went by. But uh, I, I don't know. I've always stuck with the stock and super stock stuff. You know, it's uh, it's always been where I was interested in, and uh, you know kept kept that part of it going. So, you know, in the 70s, exactly. the 70s running a Hemi Cuda, I mean, you were basically had one of the new, you know, the the current cars, like the current supercar, basically. I mean, it's no different yeah. than the new Copas yeah. and stuff. Or did everybody complain about it, too, like they do nowadays? Or Oh, yeah. You know, they, they, they uh, you know, we were going way under the index and stuff then, or, or actually we ran off records then. But uh, it was, um, you know, they were always bitching about the Mopar stuff, you know, that Chrysler had, you know, and then, and then even at Pro Stock, they started, you know, uh, you know, they went, I think, a couple of years without any restrictions on different cars and motors and all that. And then they started really hammering the Mopar stuff, you know, when the, you know, Sox and Martin and all the factory guys were, were uh, dominating, they, they started, uh, you know, making them run more weight and, and, and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, it always seemed like they uh, they had it in for the Mopars. You know, we must were, I think we were always a little bit ahead of everybody with stuff, you know, with uh, research and development and all that stuff, you know, guided camshafts and stuff, and guys would come up with stuff, and it seemed like they shared a lot of information, you know, so everybody could, uh, could uh, you know, run good. Well, and it seems like that's been happening for years, right? So Mopar was involved, Sox and Martin was the people to beat. You know, you come to my model, like the Gen 4 Pontiac stuff, when Pontiac got really involved, you know, all of a sudden the LS stuff, you know, they factored it and they put a lot of research in it, and that was kind of the car to beat. And it just seems like, has Ford ever been the car to beat? <laughs> well, the Cobra Jet's at 68. It ain't Cobra Jet, baby. Uh, Bobby, I don't know if that was aimed at you or now. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think Ford's Bright Star was in 68 when they showed up at the Winter Nationals with all those Cobra Jets. They definitely, uh, uh, you know, they definitely had something there. They, they had something in factory stock, and, and then uh, they took it away from them pretty quickly. So. Yeah, and the and the Cobra Jet thing too. You know, they had a real nice factor on that Cobra Jet for a while, and and then it got taken away too pretty quickly. But uh, um, yeah, it, there's been some shining stars for Ford, but uh, probably not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through the cars here. So Randy, you you're the uh, the engine, the main engine builder. Mm-hmm. It sounds like. And you is run... the engine builder. He builds all the engines. All the engines. Yeah. Looks like he could break some of the engine pieces in half too. Jeez. <laughs> Come on, Bobby. Come on, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. But I heard you're a nice guy. So that's I'm really nice guy. Yeah. All right. So you you run uh, super stock uh, K automatic um, Demon, correct? Yes, I do. Yeah. What's the uh, combination, and then advertised and factored? Okay, that, uh, the engine combination is a low compression 340. It's uh, factory rated at two, uh, 240. It's NHRA rated at 258. Um, it's, it's a pretty good combination, to be honest with you. It's not, it's not the best out there. There's, there's not a whole lot of guys that run this combination. There's a, there's a guy in Division One, um, Charlie Walks, run, ran it. Um, there's a few of us, but um, most of the guys that choose to run the Mopar, in small block 340 
Uh, usually run, pick the high compression version of it, which would be the 70 or 71. We have a guy out here on the West Coast, John Irby, that runs one. He runs really well. Um, there's a uh, house runs one. Um, but anyway, they all run really well. But I th I'm pretty proud of my car. I, I think uh, obviously it, it takes a lot of money to go fast with, with everything. And, and uh, I think we run pretty good for what we have. Went to India. I qualified in India in 2018. That was a huge, uh, oh, by the skin of my teeth. But that was a that was a huge accomplishment for me. Well, the K Automatic Index is 1125. I believe. 11, correct. Yes. What's the uh, quickest that you got the car to go? I've gone as, as fast as 1036 with NK. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then, yeah. what's the minimum weight for you, NK? Uh, 3265 with me in it. And then um, the trans, what kind of trans and who builds it's, that? It's a, it's a Pro Trans 904, you know, three speed 904 torque flight. Now, the 904, do like the 68 Hemi cars, do they have to, do they run that in um, an AH class? Yes, they've the automatic versions. Most of those guys, I, it appears that they're all going to a stick, you know, four speed. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Cars, you know. Have all gone to the sticks, but the ones that are still running the automatics, yeah, it's a it's a it's a version of a 904 that ProTrans modifies, and, and I think most of the guys either A and A or ProTrans are using their, their parts and their stuff. So, so the 904 is a pretty it's pretty stout then. Yeah, and well, uh, it can be. Yeah, we've had <laughs> some problems with the the big block versions of the 727 904 stuff. Uh, planetary sets breaking and stuff lately. We don't know what the issues are there, but we're not the only ones. But Anyway, yeah, but they tend to they tend to do pretty well. Yeah, we we asked a lot of those parts. You know, they're we're we're uh, everything's you know as you know firsthand everything's aluminum, everything's lightweight, so we're pushing a lot of that stuff to the to the ultimate. So, well, and something great can't be too upset about it, I guess. And uh, I know, yeah. like, so I went from a a 727 in the duster that my brother has, mm -hmm. and we put a 904 in that. I mean, like, literally almost every component in that is, like, 20% lighter and smaller than it is in a 727. I mean, they're just so much more efficient. Yeah. Yeah, it's no different than, like, the, the automatic guys, like, Ford, you know, the C4s versus the C6s and stuff. You know, ProTrans makes a version of that, the, the Turbo 350s, the metric 200s, you know, lighter, all the smaller internals. Everybody tries to get a small, less, less rotating weight and all that stuff, so... Just sometimes you get on the fine line where you start giving up durability and longevity. You know, you got to watch that line fine. You know? It's the never-ending battle and decision that you have to make, right? I'm, I've always leaned more on longevity, longevity, and I'm getting a little older now, and I, I kind of want to go faster. So I'm starting to play with that fine line of, well, let's lighten it up. Eh, let's see if we can go faster. Let's run thinner oil. Let's 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 do it up, and then if it goes kaboom, I'm, I'm just going to be really depressed for. A while. <laughs> Especially during elimination, during a round, that's when it really hurts. You know, time trial, you can you usually have time to fix something, but when it's in the elimination, that's what really bites. You know, when it starts to hurt. Definitely. What what kind of converter do you run? It's actually a, an ATI. It started out as an ATI, and then we have a, a local racer here in our division seven, Lynn Schneider, that does uh, all the updates and modifications, if you will. Um, been using him. Actually, he's been a family friend for. My entire life, I've been, you know, you know, he was racing with my dad back years and years ago. And just so happens that he's really good. I think he's the best in the country, actually, as far as transit converters, especially converters. Um, and, uh, but anyway, he uh, he does all our converter updates and, and maintenance and stuff. 
he he runs a Thunderbird too, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a Superstock, yeah, GT. Yeah, 351, it's a Cleveland 351. Runs really well, runs really well. He's run that car. He was actually one of the, not to get off on another subject, but just real quick, he was actually one of the first ones, you know, Don Kennedy and all those guys, Jay Smith, he, but he was actually one of the first ones in, when they originated that Superstock GT class. He built that Thunderbird in 83. 84 started building it, and uh, he was one of the first ones to bring it out to international. So he's had that car a long time. Yeah, that's good. Oh, GT. I, yeah. <laughs> I like it's, I don't know. It's got its pros and cons. It's like communism. Looks great on paper, but then when you get yeah. out there, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, Bobby. And it's, it's the GT cars are, they're cool. They're neat. They're sleek. But I'm, an, I'm a muscle car guy. I, 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 uh, I think there was a time for those cars, but I think they, they just, I think, uh, I would like to see more muscle cars come back into the class. But uh, that's why stock, I think, is more appealing because, you know, obviously the new cars and stuff, but there's still a lot more. Muscle type cars in stock only, and that's what I think. Yeah, I, I like the eye candy, and that's the way I'm trying to push stock and super stock. Muscle cars, car show, wheelies, not a, not a Cavalier, not a Cobalt. Right. Exactly. I res- I respect what those cars can do, and I mean mm-hmm. they are purpose built race cars. I mean, you line up against one of those, it's it can be pretty intimidating at times. But you know, I want to see the Duster. I want to see the Demon. Yeah. I want to see yeah. the Mustang, the uh, Camaro, the Z28, 69 Camaro, things like that. That's that's what draw me. But then I love to see an 86 Thunderbird get on the track too. I love the parody, you know, yeah. it's running what it came with. That's, that's my thing. Yeah, know? exactly. Right. I, I, I think you made the nail on the head there as far as just the parody. You know, really. If you want to talk I'm gonna about it, con- I'm going to get a ton of hate mail now. If you want to talk about <laughs> if you want to talk like when they opened up to, uh, you know, to put the late, Late model engines in the in the older cars in the FGT classes or yeah. whatever they are. I want to talk about Chad's car if you want to talk about iconic muscle cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Tell us about your car, Chad. Uh, I got I run a 70 uh, GTX uh 446 pack combo. It's 390 from the factory, 393 NHRA rated. Uh Pro Trans ATI converter, same. Lynn Schneider's been through it. Uh, and like Randy said, I remember going to Lynn, Lynn's house way back when, when he was working out of his garage in, in Hayward, you know. Uh, that's it. Had the car about 20, almost 20 years. It's been in the family. I bought, actually, I actually bought it from my brother Scott, who, who got it, uh, changed hands a few times. But um, it was originally built by Don and Steve Wan, and Don Wan drove it for, for quite a while out here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the car Scott owns right now is one of Don Juan's old cars too. So we kind of, you know, we're we're pretty close with with Steve and 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 he's, I don't know. It's nice to nice to know the car from where it originally started. Well, the cool thing about a GTX is they were basically the luxury, fancy muscle car. Like it was one of the highest end cars Mopar had at the time, but yet they were they were really awesome. That's probably I had the iconic 68 Charger that Johnny helped me restore, but the GTX has always been one of my favorites. I mean, that those cars are just classic. That's probably one of my favorite Mopars of all time. Yeah, that's fun. It's a fun car. It's a big car. Big, big behemoth. It, it's hard to make those work, too. I mean, you got a long wheelbase, and 
big old nose i mean they're just not the easiest thing to make go down the track either have you had got that all dialed in pretty well or who does the suspension tuning uh it works it works really well it's got calvert you know calvert all that stuff under uh it works really well and actually that car i can't remember the last time it's fun and and it's mostly you know we get on a dicey track somewhere or something but you know, with all the with all the you know Caltracks and all the, the tires and all the stuff we have these days, just about anything those big wheelies and and you know even the mid class cars back in the day. I remember watching Dad we we get a picture where the wheel was three four inches off the ground. We thought the thing was rotating the earth. You know now you got in stock on in stock on heck cars leaving like like my C stock on them. It's crazy. So do you run the what do you run for motors? Is that the four forty six pack combo? Yeah. Yeah. It's got three headaches on it. Three headaches. So these Chevy and Ford guys can't make one carburetor work. Who the heck is doing your carburetors? You can make three work. I'm not a tuner. I just, I put them on there and and if they give me a problem, I come running to either Randy or or Stevie's always around to help me out. I'm just like, hey, here you go. I try to tell them what it's doing and hopefully they can figure it out. Do you have to mess with them much, or do you pretty much, once you get them touched, you lock them all down, and Randy hides all your tools so you can't touch anything? <laughs> I tell you, I've been around that thing for uh, 15 years and never had to touch anything, and, and I've had a few little problems the last few years, but nothing, you know, nothing major. Not, you know, nothing to the point where it won't run or, or whatever, but, you know, it's getting a little stumble here and there or whatever, and, like, you know, they got to get the kink out of it, and then, and then it's fine. Well, I heard... Uh... I, got, I, I live by the theory, if it ain't broke, don't touch it. Leave it alone. You see these guys digging into stuff when they should have no business being in there. And they just cause a problem, cause cause more headaches for themselves than anything else. Well, that uh, that kind of confuses me because my mentor, John McLaughlin, I think his theory is if it's just sitting there, you might as well wrench on it. Stop. If it's just sitting there, you might as well touch it, I think, is his theory. <laughs> Seriously. We always we always give him a hard time like John, oven mitts. You need to put oven mitts on when you're in the pit so you stop oh, touching dude. the cars. Like... <laughs> no, I think he lays on the back underneath this car more than anybody at the yeah. racetrack. I don't know if he has a TV under there or what, but that guy is <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's not really him. I would never want a four-speed car. <laughs> that's what's a deal. I'm way too lazy for that. <laughs> that's probably what limit or prevent well that and lack of driving skill but that's probably what intimidates me the most everybody's like put a four speed in your camaro it'll be so much awesome i'm like ah, i've seen john literally <laughs> lay under his car all day like every day come on bobby you gotta step in but you're laying in the shade it might not even be him it could be did you ever see that rodney dangerfield skit where he's teaching everybody how to be a mechanic he's got the dummy legs under the uh under the car. <laughs> He says, you go over to the mannequin, you talk to him about the price, there's nobody yeah. under there. So, maybe John just getting shade. Maybe he's just taking a nap. Who knows? Well, those cars do provide a lot of shade, so I guess there's probably room for everybody under there. He did give me a little insight, though. Uh, apparently, you guys like to just show up and hit one hit and then start breaking hearts on the track. What's up with that? Yeah, yeah. that's uh, Dad, especially over here. He's He'll roll in the gate, no sleep, right into the car and, and make a hit, and he's ready. Uh, 003, dead zero. <laughs> and so I kind of, we traveled together, so 
I gotta kind of follow suit with him. So whatever he's doing, I gotta do. He's gotta go sleepless too. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are like the last car up on the staging lanes the last time hit. Yeah. For 72 years old, this guy can do it. Yeah, he rocks. It's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I maybe heard that he doesn't race a lot, but he just shows up last last time trial of the day, rolls in the back of the group, and boom, double O. Yeah. yeah. But I, he's got us he's got us kids wondering sometimes what are we doing wrong? We've been here since Monday. He shows up on Friday morning. <laughs> he goes further. And he goes further rounds. Yeah. We're actually kind of lucky now that we race with them. It, it, at least we all, we always have a spot saved for us. Yeah. We get there a few days when we're. We get there kind of when you're supposed to. <laughs> they, you guys got the pits all set up. All the food's yeah, ready. And they just roll in. What's the for supper? We roll in and just make it a complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that everybody that's trying to play the ladder just hates it when they see you guys roll in. Like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we pissed some people off. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, we we've got businesses here to run and stuff, and you know, we're always you know you got your priorities. Trying, right. You got your priorities. Trying to right. you know, always always trying to get that extra day of work in before we leave. You know, and stuff. It's uh, it's not easy, but sometimes. But uh, we make it work. We yeah, we make it work. We we have fun. You know. I mean, I'm 72, and you know, there's a lot of people. I mean, I spend most weekends with my three sons, you know, and it's a, it's really a gift. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a gift for them, but, but it, it is. It is really, uh, you know. I think they made a TV show about that. Keep, my three sons. Uh, you know, keep the family close and stuff. We're a very close knit family, and uh, it's fun. It's fun. So, how did that start? Well, Which yeah, was. Which was the first son to go down the track? How did that start? Talk us through that. Yeah, that was Randy. He was, like you said before, he was 14. And I was at Indy in 1986, and I was 14 years old. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can say that, but I was racing at Indy in 1986. I was yeah. 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Andy went to the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, I went to yeah. the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. Don't, don't ask me why or how. I have no <laughs> idea why. But, <laughs> and said, get in the car, and you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, different times then, obviously, but, uh, I mean, like I said, I'm my first drag race at Lyon, I was two weeks old, just, just a brand new baby, and, and uh, been around it my whole entire life. So I had a wrench in his hand ever since. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I was out of the three boys. Jazz, Jazz mechanical. He, he, he. But as as far as I was always in the shop, always in the garage next to him, and, and it's cool through the years. Like I mentioned, Len Schneider earlier. As I was growing up, all the different people that I was fortunate enough to be, you know. Be a sponge, listen to them, learn from them all. Steve Winter, uh, Len Schneider, uh, Steve Hahn, you know, all these guys growing up, you know, Dave White, you know, uh, growing up. Um, pretty cool. You know, I had some pretty cool mentors, so to speak, you know. So, and uh, I was probably a pain in the ass a lot, but you know, as a kid, you know, getting in the way and stuff, but I was trying to learn and I loved it. Still do. So has there other been, is there any sibling, sibling rivalry at the track? Have, have you had to step in and break up any fights or anything, Mike? Or <laughs> uh, We keep it pretty, we keep it competitive, but we, as, as a family, but um, that always lets us know who's got the most trophies uh, on a pretty regular basis. I mean, on, on any given holiday, whether it be Thanksgiving or, or Christmas. Or a Tuesday. Uh, our, 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 he, gets, he, gets he gets it in there. And there very well could be a Wally of some sort at the head of the table. <laughs> and he says, huh, when did I win this one? Oh, I won this one in October. Huh, when's your last? What's the date on your last one? You know, 
you know, it's, you know, kind of that kind of stuff. So yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, badgering going back and forth, but all in good fun. It's just a competitive fun. And, and like, like Nan was saying earlier, it's just, we're super fortunate to be able to, to be able to do it and do it as long as we have. And, and a lot of that is uh, Nan and Jerry's, you know, we, we formed this, like I said, formed this team and, and uh, it's, uh, it's cool. We have a lot of fun. I, I you know it's, a, it's as much fun now. I think it's, it's ever been. I, as far as racing goes and being with the team and stuff, but um, can't say NHRA is doing the best things. I, you know, I, that's a whole different subject, but yeah, we still have a lot of fun doing it. Really enjoy it. And I think uh, it's important to understand that Randy is the guy who keeps everything together. He's the engine builder of all these engines, like I said earlier, and anything goes wrong. He is in there no matter what time of day or night it takes or how long it takes. I've seen him take an engine that was failing out in Pomona um take it out of the car drive it home to california uh, or up here in northern california tear it down totally rebuild it and be back a day later with the engine putting it back in the car so he can race two hours sleep into that i mean he but, is the mechanic the 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 builder he'll help anybody and everybody make it happen this he's is, what it's about and that's a disease that's a sickness that's not i don't recommend that to anybody but <laughs> Well, it's true. Do you try to? The thing with Randy too is that when we were younger, or you know, when he was much younger, you know, I we'd go to. I remember one time at Vegas, we had cars set three national records, and me and Randy are there, and I think Gene Mostek was driving one of the other cars. So we're all tearing them down, and so he kind of, you know, was kind of thrown in this. You know, I'd say, "Hey, pull the head off that car there," you know, and. you know, we kind of had to write, regiment the workout, and he got uh, kind of hands-on training. You know, uh, I remember one year at Pomona, we had four cars there, and they were all in the teardown barn. And I think uh, Gene Gene Mosbeck was driving one of our cars there too. And uh, thank God for Gene. I don't think we would have ever made it to race day with all four of the cars being apart. And, and Randy too. We all we all just had to dig in and, and do it. We would have made, made it. The three of them got bounced. You had a lot of spare parts that next day. <laughs> yeah, that made it easy. <laughs> do you try to keep things universal? Like, is it, you have similar transmissions, or how do you manage that many cars? Um, well... So I, I'm the only, well, I guess I run a small block. Jerry and Chad run big blocks. So those are different trans, same basic inner inner workings of the transmission, but they don't mount to the motor, so to speak, the same way, different size bell housing. So they're completely different cases. And then obviously NAN being a Ford, that's totally separate. But gear sets are gear sets as far as inside the transit. So that that's a nice thing. But as far as carrying a spare trans, we'd have to have a whole nother truck truck to carry. Spark, uh, parts for everything because they are different in some way, shape, or form. Gotcha. So that's a little. That's, and Nan's car actually doesn't make enough horsepower. To make ouch, ouch! Ouch! <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Don't but, tempt her. <laughs> it's also nice that other racers pitch in sometimes yeah, when we yeah. need it that yeah. have a spare because they yeah. only have one car and one yeah. spare Steve, where we carry so many, it's impossible. Yeah. Steve Wands come through numerous many times, times. Numerous times uh, in the in the heat of the battle with, especially with Jerry's car. Uh, uh, we've had a lot of training issues with it in the last two or three years, but breaking gear sets and stuff. But um, and, and, and you guys know the, the commodity in, in the racing 
fraternity family, if you will. It's so tight knit that there's not, I don't think there's many racers out there that won't lend a helping hand or a part or whatever else. And then we've been fortunate on both ends of that through the years to be able to, you know, either receive or help, you know, that matter. Do you guys? We try to, we emphasize, Jerry and I talk about this all the time. We emphasize on trying not to, and we're not the fastest cars out there by any means, but we try to get keep things because we do have a lot of cars. And if everything broke at once, I don't know what would happen, but um, we try to keep the carnage, so to speak, to the bare minimum and try to do as much preventative maintenance. Obviously, there's seven and eight cars going to these races. It's it's pretty hard. Jerry works his tail off also, and, and as my dad and man and Chad. But we try to keep do our best best at keeping the parts breakage at a minimum, if, if, if at all possible. Do you guys use a team approach, or do you have a strategy to keep from lining up against each other, or do you just – fight it out <laughs> it's hard with that yeah. many cars yeah. it's impossible yeah. especially the national events are tough because as you guys know the way they do it you know your two hits on friday you know you don't really see a run sheet you, you almost got to live at the racers for christ to try and get these sheets ready nan's always on the computer waiting for you know the stats to come out so she can print it ourselves off, off of live timing or whatever just so we can kind of somewhat if we can uh, we try to qualify all kind of close if, if, for the most part, but it, it bites us in the tail a few times. And you're waiting for Mike to even get uh, there for his last pass. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> we all, see, that's another thing, too, is that he, you know, we kind of know where he's going to run, so we'll figure when he puts us, he'll, he'll be in this spot. But, yeah, I mean, and it happens with him because he runs super stock, too, with the Cuda, and uh, he runs K-Automatic a lot. I think he's widened up now. He moved to L. But um, but he was always, you know, I'd be on the top 16 or top half and he would be in the bottom half. And we were always a car, one or two spots, if not lined up all the time for first round. And uh, so we kind of we kind of had to play the ladder game a lot in Superstock just for those two cars. But, uh, and Jerry and Chad seem to end up against each yeah, other. But yeah, hopefully it's third round or yeah, something. Yeah. And that's first. And that's fine, too. If it's later rounds, hey, it's you know, somebody's moving on. So that's all good. Yeah, we... The first, okay. the first round pairings are tough. You know, we, it's happened quite a few times. We try to eliminate as much as possible. And sometimes, too, uh, especially at the COVID, the uh, car counts are low. I mean, we're 15 to 20% of the field. So we're always going to end up racing each other somehow. Yeah. And then, like you said, at national events where they're only taking 50 cars, it's, it's bound to happen uh, oh. second or third round, too. So uh, how do you guys feel about all these trends? Like now, Wild Horse Pass is closing. I mean, that track is gorgeous. I like, I like that place. You know, the lake yeah. right there. Where, where in California are you going to go to race? You know, pretty soon. The streets. <laughs> we're doing the street outlaws now. We're, <laughs> no, it's it's look at it. It's Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Well, we did get a bonus. Uh, yeah. We Bakersfield's been a track that everybody knows about. It's it's one of the original race tracks and. And unfortunately, we haven't been on the race there for the last 15 years or so. They haven't had an event there for, for stocker, super stocker point races or whatever. But they put it on the schedule this year. We got a double there. So that's going to be awesome. And then, uh, but Salt Lake City, Salt, uh, we, lost, we, we raced there. Quite yeah, a bit. they really liked Salt Lake City. It was a little bit far for a drive, but it was always a nice That track was run really well. The, the staff there was, was awesome. The track was nice. Um, but Unfortunately, we lost that one. We lost that one too. And then now, like you mentioned, the, and Sonoma by this last year. We yeah, this year too. Yeah, we're, ho year. we're hoping twenty three Sonoma. We've heard rumors, but we're hoping uh, you know, all the rumors with 
line, but we hope 23 will bring back the divisional at Sonoma. But uh, that's a track yeah, I want to get to. I've heard it's one of the nicest in the country. Yeah, the closing, yeah, exactly. The closing of, of Firebird is, is really sad because it, you know it's been talked about and and obviously been threatened to be closed for several years. And and but it's it actually sounds like this might be that you know the, the final. You know, uh, you talk about COVID and not being able to race and the things that we've had to do out here in Division Seven. And deciding where to race, like last year, Mike Rice, I mean, there were a bunch of races bunched up at the end of the year, but he did pretty good arranging things for what he had to work with under the circumstances, because California pretty much shut down, you couldn't do it. And because uh, we were one of the worst states for that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it's been tough. It's been tough. And now we got racetracks closing. So I, I think he's got a tough job trying to figure out where to take these races for the division. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for Vegas, we'd be screwed in Division 7, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of races. Yeah, and so and that's 10 hours away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of our traveling, the closest track yeah. to Sonoma is an hour, but almost everything else is four hours to 11 or 12. So we really have to put the miles on uh, the vehicle. It's getting as bad as you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the way that's sounding like that. I think, you know, we're three and a half, but it just, fortunately, we have the association racing. And I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on the NHRA or what the, what the way to fix it is or if there's a fix, but, you know, if it wasn't for the association racing that we have, I, I wouldn't have one. Like, it just it wouldn't make sense. It's not financially feasible. Just the time of having a family and stuff, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. Yeah, Vegas is a good place for that association racing. We didn't make this year again. We were still waiting for parts. We were talking about going but um, to the race that they had in Vegas. But um, even that, with the, with the tracks we don't have, it's kind of even hard to find places to, to do that on a regular basis. And I, you know, I'm, I'm also the one that pays, you know, make sure the bills get paid and just figuring out what it takes to take that big rig with four car trailer behind it down to, to Vegas and back is like $1,500. It's, it's huge with the gas prices. Throughout How much so is diesel where you guys live? Over six dollars. Yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, it's about six fifty a gallon for diesel right now. Wow, it just hurts. Six forty nine. I think it's the cheapest I've seen. Well, if you guys want to come, three dollars. If you guys want. If you guys want to come up this way and run a like class race revival, I just paid four four fifty yesterday. So fill up, you can save money. Yeah, we were just back east and we found it. I think. What was the cheapest we found? Four ninety nine or something. Uh, over forty. Four forty four. I think was the cheapest we found. Yeah. I found it for four forty three and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's getting crazy. It is crazy. It'll be uh it'll be interesting. It sounds like after talking to Cody Lane, there's some work about maybe doing more association stuff north of you a little bit. So that might give you guys another outlet too. So that'd be pretty yeah. cool. I, yeah, I just I sorry man. I just got an email from uh uh I think it's Steve Teeter uh, about a so, an association they put up there, but yeah, okay. which is great. And I, we'd love to support it. Dad and I went down to Vegas, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago or whatever to, for the Mandela's race just to support it. We got in last minute, showed up Saturday morning. Uh, <laughs> but it's but even going up up to the northeast is northwest. or I'm sorry, northwest is uh, you know shoot that's another ten hour trip to get up get up in those parts. So it's. You know, and then to, just for a combo race, I don't know that that would be something that you know any of us would 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 do. I think these combo races, you know, especially in that area, would be strategic if they lined it up. Maybe had Vegas like 
10K race the week before, maybe a divisional or national or something, and then you could just go there and knock them both out? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's that's like the double divisionals, too. That's a great idea because once once you've uh, made the big investment to get there, you know, you want to try to get the most bang for the buck, you know. So, but see, I don't, I don't understand like the race in Vegas two weeks ago. You're paying two hundred bucks to enter for a chance to win two grand, or I'm sorry, ten grand. Why there's not, you know, it's four yeah. hours from LA. Why there should be at least a hundred cars there, easily stock and super stock. But all, and and you know, they, I think they had sixty-one cars, 61. which isn't bad, but. The, the potential that, that's there, that should be there, is always underwhelming on the West Coast for whatever reason, I'm not sure. And then everybody complains and bitches about, you know, that you can't race or this, that, and the other thing. But if you, and then you, you, you know, you go to a divisional where you're paying, uh, what's a divisional now? Two, 200 bucks each for a chance to win 2,000. And then you, hopefully you'll get another 1,000 or so in, in contingency over the course of the next six months. And even at the uh, national event, Dad won Sears Point last year, or Sonoma, and he still hasn't got all his money. And maybe he got sixty five hundred bucks. I don't know. I don't know what the final tally yeah. is, but it just doesn't make sense. It, I, to me, I don't understand why there's not a bigger backing for these for these combo races. That I'm sure is a lot of work for these guys to do it, and that's a lot of a lot of the reason why they do it one time, and then they won't do it again because it's just not worth it for them. Yeah, they lose money. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think scheduling is one thing because a lot of these combo races, they seem like they they put them up really quick and they don't give guys a lot of time. So I think scheduling would be a big thing. If they could give more notice, if they're going to have a race, uh, that would be good. You know, it help help the attendance a little bit. Well, I think one thing that one thing that helps Midwest class racers is every weekend's a double. So you can race Saturday yeah. and Sunday. You know, so I mean you sweep it, you got four grand, you know, for $200 yeah. an entry fee and you're there all weekend. Like it's one toe, two races. And that's. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like the double, uh, even the double divisional. I, I don't know that anybody that I've heard of said they, they don't like them. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about it yeah. earlier. Like people will say that, and I don't remember who I had the conversation with, but you know, all oh, fuel so expensive. Well, yeah, I agree. It's expensive, but if you can drive, and race actually it was it's like for the vegas race yeah it's a drive you guys had to drive there but you're there racing for 10 grand but you're going to spend the same amount of fuel racing for 1200 like yeah and, and the other thing like vegas we we left cars there uh from last week or from the week before so we've left cars there for this weekend and stuff so you know that's saving the gas too you know you get twice the gas mileage when you're not towing something or close to it anyway so you know, that helps out a little bit too. When you know, when you know, you know, Paul Wong has been great for us in Vegas. He lets us store our cars at his place. And, and I mean, I can't thank him enough because he saved us a lot, a lot of fuel costs and stuff going back and forth and stuff. So, and, and, so in the past few years, we actually changed our program where we pretty much only go to double races. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to be the same weekend, but at least the, uh, you, you know, the rig is one weekend after to the next and then just dropped uh, uh, single races. Like, I don't think we've been at, uh, to Pomona, maybe one out of the last four times. So, and that cuts your fuel bill in half right there. Yeah, you just wonder if NHRA is going to do anything to try to, are they going to try to do more doubles or, 
you know, you just wonder what their thoughts are there. Yeah, they should definitely look at it because it's going to make, you know, if this continues the way it is, this is good. It's going to be a big, big, huge thing, you know. Well, that's going to affect a lot of people. I think we're pretty fortunate that as far as that goes in Division 7 because I think four out of the five races are doubles. I so. I, yeah, I was just going to comment on that. I think our division director, Mike Rice, uh, he he's pretty pro double headers. So I think he's always uh, seems like he's 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 helping us. And as we've been talking, we love him. So uh, uh, keep it going, Mike. And you guys are fortunate out there because the weather factor plays into right. your favor pretty well. You can plan doubles. You can plan that man. There's probably only like a five percent chance that there's going to be rain that weekend, and it can be tough in other areas of the country. So. Yeah, these division directors really have a tougher job than a lot of people realize. Yeah, and this is, just to touch on that subject, like Nan was saying earlier, Mike Rice, our division director, he, uh, our, we had a real, with the COVID and everything, last year's scheduling was just a mess. And he had, uh, we had had a divisional at Phoenix and was that September or something. September, oh, it was horrifically hot. But, you know, I'm going to blame Mike for it. And it wasn't his fault. He's doing the, he's he's between a rock and a hard place as far as scheduling these things. We only got a small window, and you know, out here in the fall, we're extremely busy with the schedule. So they had to throw that race in. And of course, it was 115 degrees. And but they did an excellent job, I think, the way they did it. I know a lot of car count sucked. I know because of the heat, everybody knew it was gonna be hot. And but they did. They ran us a couple rounds the first half of the day, and then gave us like a four or five hour break through the day, and then we ran the, the remainder of the race at night. It was a double header, and they actually cooled and watered the track between the two uh, intervals, and uh, it actually worked out really well. It was miserable and hot, but it was the same for everybody. But in, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't too bad. And we were racing, and he did the best he could, and it actually worked out really well. You know, so things aren't always going to be perfect, but in that situation, it was uh, not bad at all. Nope, and you're never going to please everybody. So. Yeah. Hey, he pulled it off. That's great. And probably won't be like that again. Yeah. And you know what? Wild mm -hmm. horse pass is going away. So you won't yeah. you will never have to worry about it. Well, what I have to worry about. But I, I do, it's a perfect example is you know, you complain and do all this complaining yeah. and stuff. Well, then that, that track's gone. How bad was it? You know, obviously I'll take that race any day of the week when they're not doing it. Um Ray Thurston wants to know where Scott is. Yeah, we're, we're wondering the same thing, right? He's got to work. I think there's a bar between here and his house. And I'm thinking, I've got sidetracked. I'm thinking, and it must have still had the open sign flashing because he, I'm thinking he pulled in there and he's having a couple of road sodas. We it's, figured he was just holding the phone. It's pre, it's, it's, it's truck is programmed. Any bar that's still open, it'll just take a left or right, right into the parking lot. Nah. You got a lot of hellos today. Pete Lanciers said hello. Scott. Uh, Doug Dale said, what a crew from the West. Yeah. Hey, hey Scott. Tippy. Yeah, Tippy. How are you doing, buddy? Byron oh, Warner. Byron Warner said hello. And, Who was that? Uh, Byron Warner, Division oh, 1. Byron. Hey, Byron. And then James Mitchell. Uh, right. Kite. 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 Yeah. Yep, James Mitchell. Kite. Sorry. Hey, Logie Stein hey, rocks. Yeah. Hey, Mitch. Right? Yeah. Hi, Matt. <laughs> so I want to dive into a good question on the NHRA thing is what is what is some rules or a rule that you guys think need to be changed how do we make oh, it better how long is the show the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know you know they um, I think they need to be consistent with their teardowns um, you know just tear down period yeah I, I mean if we're gonna have the the 
the, the class racing that I think they need to police it, you know, this stuff where they're not tearing any cars down hardly at all. I don't think uh, is very conducive to, to you know, the, the stuff we work hard to get everything right and everything, you know. But uh, also I'm I'm really against the uh, horsepower factory. Uh, I just, uh, I hate that system. I, uh, I don't like it. I think we work hard on our cars. We ought to be able to run them like we want to run them. And, and uh, you know, where you have to, yeah, where you have to, you know, detune the car at every race and if you get it a good, in good air and stuff. You've got to, you know, Get the weight up there. And, I don't know. You're right. always how many strikes did you have last year? You're always. He doesn't know where the thousand foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there to race. I'm not out there to play games. You know, Jesus Christ. It's well, like sometimes you got to sit there and think so much about the pass that you're going to make and and where to shut off and where to do this and everything that you're you can't even concentrate on what you're supposed to be doing. You know. But, you know. With the horsepower, we were real excited when they made the announcement that they were going to start looking at horsepower a little differently, looking at the eight mile and, and the incrementals and determining whether they were going to do a horsepower hit or not. And we thought that was a pretty good idea if you were staying with the horsepower system, that uh, we liked that approach to evaluating how people were running their cars. And then they took it away. So yeah. I think that's unfortunate, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, I didn't understand a lot of these. There were some rule changes, and then they were quickly rescinded. Like, right, yeah. exactly. What that was all about. Travis Logie is my new best friend, though. Uh, <laughs> the red light rule: it should be who red lights by more, and not who red lights first. Yes. Travis, oh yes. That's been a big debate. That's, that's the grandson. That's one of the grandsons. That's Chad's son. This is Chad's son. Yeah, his older son. Oh, was that him? Oh, yeah, right. Travis yeah. Logie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Travis. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm for that. Yeah. But what is that the true start? Yeah. 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 I mean for true start. I, I like true start. Yeah. I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. I just lost the last race I lost. I had a double oh one red. How'd that feel? Yeah, yeah. he wasn't. How'd that feel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, was, was the guy behind you one one twenty red? Or uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who's going to Vegas this weekend? Anybody? Anybody I can yeah, look forward to seeing? Just the, I'm, I'm driving Chad's uh, GTX in stock. The old man's going solo. All right, I will see you there then. Yeah, um, we still have the motor out of my Cuda. We're waiting for some parts on it, and uh, we should have it back together shortly. But right now, I'm having to beg, borrow, and steal a car. But I'm... Scott Logie does say good morning from whatever pub he's at. The rest of us would have been at Vegas for sure, except that we just had a few unrace related issues that have to be attended to this weekend, unfortunately. Scott does say good morning. So, from whatever pub he's at, does have internet service. <laughs> <he's watching. laughs> yeah, poor Scott. He got laid off in this COVID thing. He worked for Marriott for years and years, and uh, they, he, he, he got through all this stuff and he went and got a job at the city of Brentwood. And then uh, no sooner did he get that job than the Marriott hired him back. So he's got two full-time jobs right now. He's trying to hold down. He's trying to figure out which one he wants to keep. So 
he's uh, he's been going through that for about three or four months so he's really been really been busy really busy whichever one gives better health benefits yeah I'll that one yeah uh, that's kind of what he's weighing i think it's <laughs> I would go for the more the, the one that has the most paid time off if you're going to raise. Yeah, yeah, you're a raiser, yeah. That's right. Well, go. one of them he starts really early in the morning, which allows him to like hit the bars in the afternoon. I guess the ready yeah. sale. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing Scott likes to have a good time. Yeah. Scott Scott's a fun guy. Yeah. As everybody knows. Yeah. We, this interview would have been a lot better if he was here. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the one theme I'm getting, Mike, is you must have instilled some work ethic because it seems like the boys aren't afraid to work and get things done when it needs to get done. So, yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. You never know what you're doing if it's right or wrong, but you just keep going ahead. And like I said, we've spent a lot of weekends together, so they couldn't have hid too much from me, you know. And uh, I would have been on it. So uh, anyway, being that close around them and stuff, but. Uh, I love them all, and uh, I couldn't ask for any better sons. Oh, so, oh, thanks, Dad. No. So, which one's the better racer? Who has the best record oh, between the kids? <laughs> here we go. Now you're going to really start this out. I, I think Chad is. I think Chad's the best racer we got. Uh, that's that's my take. Randy, were you were you agreeing, Randy? It looked like he kind of wanted to agree, but. No, I, I, it, you know, this, this game is so luck involved. It's it, when it's your day, it's your day. You know, it's, uh, Randy has a big disadvantage too, because concentrate on his own problem. All I have to do is drive my car for the most part. It runs like a street car. And, uh, uh, but Randy has to take care of not only any issue that pops up on our team, but all the customers teams, anybody else that's around there, you know, so he spent, he doesn't get to concentrate on his driving. Not that that's a problem, but he just doesn't, doesn't have the time to do it because he's busy at the track. He probably dreads going to the track uh, <laughs> where we think it's a lot of fun. But I, but I, yeah. I have to say it too, uh, on the fall races last year, he won Vegas, one of the Vegas in the double header. Randy did. Jerry turned around and won Tucson, and then Randy runnered up in the convo in Tucson. So he was on a tear. Everybody has their day. I, I remember posting pictures of Randy a couple of times at the end of the year last year. So and mentioning his name because I had to ask everybody how the name was pronounced because I was I was Logue and then Loge. Yeah. I said, "Is it one of those?" Somebody comment. Somebody <laughs> said, "No, neither. It's Logie." Yeah. So, but that's uh, that's drag racing. I mean, we and, and we're we're all aware of it that you could do the same thing. And the wind light keeps coming on and keep doing that same thing. And then it's like the wind light goes out and you don't see it for four or five races, but you're not doing anything different. It's just the luck's falling your way or, or what have you. you know? So it comes and goes, it's, it goes in spurts. We're all kind of, we all know that. So we don't, we, I like to, I love riding Randy's coattails when he's doing good or Jerry or my yeah. dad or, or anybody. I love it. Yeah. It gives me a reason to want to come back. My, my motto last year was I'm, I'm standing, standing around watching my dad race you know nobody nobody probably even knew i was racing because i was always out early, and he was always going around so we're we're watching them those guys you know that that's one of the fortunate things about having a team with so many cars is that um we were talking about it's not anybody individual that wins i get just as excited as man jerry chad my dad anybody wins is more or less than i do obviously i like winning but but it is there's so much self-gratification and one of the other cars going well too that it's 
it's it's it's a team as a whole, not just one individual person. I know it's uh, so, yeah. and we have you know more chances obviously to win. You know, we're not a Justin Lamb or a Jimmy D. Frank or something like that, where it's coming every other weekend. But but uh, uh, certainly when the wins do come, man, I there is nothing in this world that 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 makes me takes me to that high. You know what I mean? Oh, it, there's nothing like it, man. I, I'm so passionate and so thankful for that that when it happens it's 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 a feeling that, that not many people can understand well one thing um, about it one thing about year, it jerry won, uh, jerry won his first race in tucson and i we we're all almost probably ex- as excited when he won that race as when, yeah. when dad won uh, Sonoma. literally the weekend before when i won vegas i i was more happy when jerry won tucson than i was when i won vegas uh weekend before and i was just shell-shocked when i won i actually was <laughs> i didn't know what happened it took two weeks for it to figure out i, I might be able to go late rounds but i can't string seven runs together i, I don't know right well, the the bar they have at Tucson set a record that night. Yeah. I just want to throw that. <laughs> it never never had so much consumption in one evening yeah. at that bar as they did that night. They have a bar at the track at Tucson. Have you guys been there? It's great. Yeah. Right at the track. They yeah. don't open it until after racing's over, but when racing's over, it was it was hopping that yeah, night. Yeah, it was hopping that night. Bonfires and all. Yeah. Wow. Well, Tucson's a cool little track. Speaking of track, and we lost that divisional this year for because of car counts. They need to have a double. That's one of the races I feel that they, they, do a they, they would have a lot better turnout if they did a double. Yep. Because it is a really, really cool track. You know. It's a cool area track. too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to check that one out. I'm glad I did get to Phoenix uh, at least one time in my life. There's still a couple more on the bucket list. Um, Vegas this weekend. I've been to Pomona. I've never been to Sonoma, so I'm hoping to get there. But Mike, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you in yeah, Vegas this too. weekend. Um, Jesse Sanderson, thank you very much. Got me a crew pass, so I'll see you there as well, Jesse Sanderson. And um, well, I'll be doing some driver interviews, so stay tuned. Mike, I'll probably we'll have to get you because we didn't really talk about your car that much today. So we'll get a nice uh, detailed look at it this weekend, if you don't mind. Okay. Oh, and Pete Lancier says I'm late. Don't worry, Pete. I'll be there soon. Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and Tina Summerton says best racing team and the greatest group of peeps. Oh, thank nice. you. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Tina. Hi, Grant. Yeah, I haven't seen them for a while. They've been doing a lot of racing back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are they back there now again? I think they're traveling. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're traveling because she retired. Awesome. I guess is there anybody else you guys would like to thank? What we got, Jan? Uh, just boy, I tell you, Steve Juan is a lifesaver. Lynn Schneider's been been our transmission guy for years and years. Pro Trans, um, you know, just uh, there's probably so many people we're forgetting, but uh, you know, they everybody just. Uh, you know, help so much. My, you know, now at my age, my kids help me so much. It, it, I couldn't be racing if it wasn't for them. And I appreciate all mm-hmm. the help I get from them and stuff. But um, it's just, there's so many people involved in this. And just like what was said earlier, it's just uh, like a little family, you know, a big family that you have in this whole racing thing that uh, it's just unbelievable how people pitch in and help you when you need it. You know? Our mom. Our mom who puts up with all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Puts up with him for yeah. 
50 how many ever years yeah. they've been married you know and just rolls along with it yeah yeah <laughs> three boys or actually four boys four kids yeah drag racing their whole entire marriage can you imagine 52 53 years 52 years they've been married and, and we've been drag racing the whole time yeah. i'm thankful to my wife <laughs> i'm living the dream yeah. awesome well thanks for coming on guys you're definitely uh one of the most consistently teams i mean you're always in the hunt you guys are always pretty you're uh you're deadly when you're there when you're on and you guys are always consistently right up in the going rounds so it's cool to get meet you and thanks for coming on and getting a little insight into the the team and we appreciate you guys coming on yeah thanks thank you thanks for having us thanks, thanks for having us it's been fun yeah it's been real great and we'll see you at the track i'll see you at vegas <laughs> in vegas perfect uh bobby you're gonna be down there correct you're, yes, uh, sir. You're making the trek down to the uh, Sin City. Is that what they call it still? <laughs> Who knows? ClassRacingToday.com is the website. ClassRacingToday at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, send us a note there. Uh, also, remember that you can support the show. Go to ClassRacingToday.com. Click on the donate button and choose the value that you get out of the show. Send it back our way uh, to help so we can continue these conversations. The other way you can help support the show uh, is to tell more people about it. So get it out there so more people can listen. And we appreciate all you that do listen and everyone that helps support it. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next time. See you later. Thank you.